0: Dwelling places. Pastor Jennifer, you're a dwelling place for the Lord. And God's creative flow flows out of you. And God gives you a unique design to speak to people that are all around you in that area. Because the way that God has told you and talked to you and touched your heart to speak to these people is unique. It's very unique. And we need that in the body of Christ. We need to hear, and Abraham, you said it today. Abraham, you said it. Not a copy of somebody else, but let the spirit of God speak to you and through you and then do that because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, which means God doesn't make duplicates. He makes masterpieces. You're a masterpiece in the eyes of God. He has fashioned and formed you. He's fashioned and formed you intricately designed you and why because he wants you to be a dwelling place for him because the expression of god in and through you is going to bring and create such a beauty realm of god that attracts other people to his realm because you're called and you're walking in your calling you're not walking in somebody else's calling you're not trying to be somebody else i'm not trying to be somebody else i know who i am in christ and you must know who you are in christ and every single one of you are called and you're already walking it you're walking and you're calling everywhere you go. The calling is the, is the hand of God on your life. The calling of God. That doesn't mean that that doesn't change or grow and increase, of course. But you're walking and you're calling today. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Your body is a temple where the Spirit of God dwells. Your body is a temple where the Spirit of the living God wants to dwell and wants to make his habitation within you. You are called to be God's dwelling place. Say, I'm called to be God's dwelling place. And that's the title of today's message, called to be God's dwelling place. We're called to be God's dwelling place. While Moses was on the mountain, shut up in the glory. He was literally shut up in the glory. The cloud covered him in that glory for six days. And we know he was up there for 40 days. But at the sixth day, the Lord spoke again. And after he gave him the Ten Commandments, it didn't stop there. He didn't just give him the Ten Commandments, which we went over already. But he didn't just stop there. He said this. Look at verses 8 and 9. We just read it of Exodus 25, if you're writing notes. Verses 8 and 9. Make me a sanctuary. He already gave him the Ten Commandments. Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I will show you in the pattern of the tabernacle. God was very specific. It was always God's desire for his people to dwell with him. It was always God's desire. Old Testament, New Testament, it was always God's desire for his people to dwell with him. The tabernacle was a tent, a literal tent, a dwelling place that was considered sacred. But the tabernacle was only foreshadowing what was to come. The tabernacle is a picture of what was to come. The temple built by Solomon, the birth of Christ, everything. It's a foreshadowing. It all points to Christ. When you read the Old Testament, don't say it doesn't apply. It points to Jesus Christ. God will give you the revelation to see how it points to Jesus Christ. God was always, Jesus wasn't an afterthought. He didn't say, well, I wrote the Old Testament and it didn't really work, so let me just come up with another plan. It was always God's plan and intention. So the Old Testament is actually just pointing to Jesus Christ, right? So this tabernacle was a tent and considered a sacred place. We're considered sacred because we too are the tents of God. We too are God's tabernacle, His, his dwelling place. You're sacred. Maybe nobody told you that. Maybe you never thought about it that way. but we're sacred. In other words, God has set you apart. His divine, sacred beings that you would walk, your holy spirit say, the Holy Spirit, your bodies are not your own. But we're dwelling, and we're letting the one that dwells on the inside of us have full access, have total, complete and full access. His will, not ours, right? And so the birth of Christ, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in believers, that was a foreshadowing, the dwelling place, the tabernacle. It was foreshadowing what? That one day the Spirit of God was going to come and dwell within them, not be there, not just be with them externally, but be with them internally. So it was a picture of what was to come. And then, of course, our future home with Him in heaven, the tabernacle explaining these things to us. Make me a sanctuary in the pattern of a tabernacle. This is what, did we not read the same scripture in Exodus 25, verses eight and nine? He says, Moses, make me a sanctuary, a tabernacle in the the form of a tabernacle. He says that I may dwell among you. I mean, it's just beautiful. God's desire is that he dwells among us and within us. God was setting himself apart. A treasured people, which is who you are. A treasured people. 1 Peter 2, 9. Kings and priests. A holy nation. Right? He wants to make his glory known through. It says, but you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. This is who God has called you to be. A representation of God's beauty realm of God living and actively pursuing the spirit of the living God as you bring forth truth, the light of Christ everywhere you go, dwelling places for his glory. Dwelling places. Moses was shut up in the glory for six days and he came out. And when he came out of that place of God's glory, I mean radical glory, radical transformation. They had to cover their eyes. Glory was so bright, so strong. It was blinding. Blinding. Who else desires to be so set apart? And we are set apart. But who else desires? Oh God. That's why we don't really care about time here. And when we have our own building, we're really not going to care about time. We're really not going to care about time. Because we do believe God's going to, he's going to give us the desires of our heart, that 24-7, where there is just that constant prayer, constant time of worship, intimate worship, you know, times to pray, listen to the Word, all of it, just all of it, being in His glory, being in His glory. And, you know, this is something we can do on our own as well. So it's not just when you come to church, but how beautiful it is when the body of Christ comes together at church, which is what God says, we flourish as palm trees. When we come together on the houses of God, when you're planted in the house of God, you will flourish like a palm tree. That's what the word of God says in the book of Psalms. How beautiful is it when we come together as the people of God, iron sharpening iron, loving on one another, encouraging one another and saying, Hey, you know what? Maybe you had a hard week last week, but you know what? I'm praying for you and you're going to, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I'm going to pray for you. And then you literally pray for them and you don't forget. And then the next time you talk to them and you say, how are you doing? The body of Christ coming together. What is that? That is the glory of God being displayed through mankind. Through mankind. This is what the heart of God is for us, you guys. It's not just so that you can burn bright and everybody goes, oh my gosh, you're shining. The glory of God. What do you? I, you know, the glory of God, there's a tangible part of this. There were the hands and feet of Jesus for one another that when you're going through a hard time, somebody in the congregation says, I'm going to call them or send them a card. Put a stamp on it. Well, that would be a good title. Put a stamp on it. I think of all these titles all the time, all these crazy titles. I never can come up with one for my own. But, these, but they're random titles. They're like, write that one down. Somebody write that down. Put a stamp on it. And then I got to kind of make the message fit. Glory to God. I always have to help. I always have to ask people to help me with the titles. What do you think the title should be? <laughs> and then I'll say, you know, something like, no. <laughs> <laughs> titles. Glory to God. Let me get back on track. Okay, where are we at here? I just read to you 1 Peter 2 9 that we are God's chosen people, holy, royal priesthood, holy nation. The the tabernacle and all the parts. Because we're in the part of the Bible in Exodus where we're going to be talking about the tabernacle. But the tabernacle, so this is like an intro to it. But all the parts of the tabernacle, they all point to Christ, people. All the different parts of the tabernacle, it points to God, and it points to Christ. God is still inviting us. He is still inviting every one of us into the tabernacle, a tabernacle experience. He is still inviting you into a tabernacle experience with His Son, I don't know about you, but I want a tabernacle with God day and night, night and day. I want a tabernacle with him. I want to continue. I want to press into the glory of God. I want his glory to press into me. I want to be that representation of Christ here on earth all the time. And God's desire is for us to do that very thing. So how many of you know if we have that desire, because he gave it to us, and he already has that desire for us, if we just press in for it, how beautiful how beautiful are the feet that bring the gospel of good news. How beautiful are you to the Christ, to Christ who's in you. How beautiful. No matter what happens. How beautiful. You're going to represent Christ no matter what's going on. How beautiful. You represent Christ well. Is that not a beautiful thing to hear? You represent Christ well. You represent Christ well. That's what we want. That's what we want him to say over us. That's what we want other people to go. Wow. You know what? I'm drawn to Christ when I see your life. I'm drawn to a deeper, more intimate walk with Jesus when I've seen you go through what you went through. Because we all go through things. But I'll tell you, we go through them with Jesus. And as we do that, and we truly learn to abide in the vine, letting the glory of God shine forth out of us, right? Because our bodies are not our own, temples of the Holy Spirit. What happens? What happens? Yeah, I heard it back there. A glory carrier. We're carriers of his glory. I mean, like, think about a carrier. Think about a water pitcher or something. Think about a vessel, you know. And, you know, and I'm thinking like a, literally like a water, like a water pitcher from like old times. Like, and I'm talking about water pitcher. I'm talking big. I'm not talking this little pitcher, two quarts, you know. I'm talking about a, a a big, huge barrel, and they would pour water in, and they would pour water, and they would pour, you know, and this is how they, this is how they did life out of these, out of these vessels, out of these containers of water, containers of life, right? But this is who we are. They're carrying the very essence of what's in it. So we are to carry the very essence of who's in us. If these vessels, you know, if these vessels are carrying water, And we too are vessels. We are to be carrying the living water. We're to be carrying the spirit of God. We're to be carrying his glory. We are to overflow everywhere we go because we are carriers of his glory, dwelling place carriers. You only can get this when you're literally in his dwelling place, okay? The word sanctuary means holy. It means holy, it means consecrated, and it means set apart. So think about it. We know that the Lord says that he wants us to be separated, or sep- he wants us to be holy and separate and apart, consecrated before God, right? So, so in reality, God wants you as a sanctuary unto him to be a holy vessel of honor. And that's, what he's, that's how he sees us, holy and sacred, consecrated and set apart. And God is saying, create for me a holy place where I can dwell. Because you know, God does not dwell where the beautiful peace and the power of God, where there's anything other than that. So in other words, he doesn't dwell in mixture. He dwells in holiness. He dwells in holiness. Let our lives reflect the holiness of God. Let our lives reflect true submission to the living Baptizer of our very souls. Let our lives reflect God's increased glory upon us. It's possible. Jars of clay, that's who we are. Jars of clay, but filled with his greatness. God could have chosen to use anything. He could have chosen to display, you know, his character and his nature through the trees. Now the trees clap their hands and they rejoice. That's a scripture, yes, but they're not made in the image and in the likeness of God. We are. We are. He created us jars of clay, earthen vessels, right? To carry his glory, to display his beauty, his greatness. Because in our weakness, he's strong. Choosing the foolish things of this world right? To shame the wise. He, he could have done it any other way, but he chose us clay, jars of clay filled with his greatness so that Jesus, our high priest, gets all the glory for he is the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the father except through me. So just as the tabernacle had outer courts and it had inner courts, some of you are familiar with the tabernacle. You know the outer courts, you know it had the inner courts. But he wants us to, he wants to usher us from the place of the outer courts in the world, getting, getting upset, getting frustrated, getting fearful. He wants to usher us from the place of the outer courts into the inner courts of his holy sanctuary, the holy of holies, into the holy of holies. And you know, when we were in worship, That's one of the ways that God expresses his holiness is in the depths of worship. I mean the depths of worship. When we're in the throne room of God and we have allowed him to just so penetrate our hearts that we're singing and you know that you know this is not scripted. This is coming from, it's it's like a conduit. I see it like a conduit from the spirit of the living God down to us. And it's like we all get taken up, like captured in his glory. Am I the only one that experiences that? Yeah, we all do, right? Corporately, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's why Diana testified she got healed in worship. You know, we've had somebody else that told me he got healed of plantar fasciitis in worship. Nobody prayed for him. He was just in the glory, just in the worship. You know why? Because who's in the glory? Who's in the worship? Who are we worshiping? We're worshiping the Son of God. We're worshiping Jesus, right, man of God? Exactly. He's like, amen. And so when we're in that intense holy of holies, and the spirit of God is permeating over this room. His presence is just being deposited upon you. You're being filled with his glory. You're carrying the glory. You're being carriers of his glory. Do you know that you get to exercise this? Do you know that the more that you do this, the more that you can carry? You know, my granddaughter said she wanted to lead worship with me today. I don't know what happened. But she said she wanted to lead worship with me today. And, um, and she says, the only problem is, she says, no, no, I can't stand that long. <laughs> you know, because it's a little long, I guess. But she says, I can't stand that long. I get tired. And I said, well, baby girl, if you want to, you, you can always sit down. We could put a chair. She goes, no, I want to stand. Because I was, I'm standing, I want to stand. I said, okay. I said, well, baby girl, the more that you stand, the stronger your legs get. You'll be able to stand longer. She goes, oh. All of a sudden, she, she goes, oh. Like it was, it was a revelation. It was an aha, right? But you know the truth? That same truth is true for us. The more that we open up our spirit man to carry the glory of God, the more that we're able to carry The more of him, the more of his divine presence, the more of his incredible presence. Why? Because when the going gets tough, you just run right to the glory. You run right to his face. When things are happening all around you that you don't understand, you don't like, and that are difficult, you have learned to stand under the glory and to be a container of his glory and honor. And you just run right back to him. And what happens? He fills you up again. More. The overflow starts to happening. It starts happening. The overflow of God's goodness upon your life starts to happen. Why? Because you don't run from your position of authority. People run from positions of authority because they don't understand what's happening, but they just miss God's best because the enemy interjected his plan. Hallelujah. We were created to worship. Before the tabernacle, they created the golden calf. You guys remember this? And they worshiped it. We were created to worship. That's why they created the golden calf. They created the golden calf and we all know it was wrong, but they created the golden calf because we were created to worship. People try to live life without Jesus is never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I don't care what you try. I don't care what you put on it. I don't care what you change. I don't care what you reduce. I don't care what you increase. I don't care what you do to your life, to your body. I don't care what you puff up. I don't care what you detox. I don't care what you do. It's never Going to be all right. Never going to happen. Aside from the glory of God. We were created to worship him. We were created to live for him. We were were created to have him as as our our Lord and our Savior. Living our lives. Surrendered to him. Right? And so here they created this golden calf. This cow. And they were worshiping it. They were worshiping the calf because they got impatient for what God was bringing. God was bringing and going to display what he was revealing to Moses. Moses up on the mountain but here on the in the valley they were crea- they created an idol and they started to worship the idol that they created with their own hands god was not happy they got impatient Don't get impatient when God promises you the things that he's telling you are going to come about. Don't settle for a substitute. When God says, I'm bringing my goodness, I'm bringing my glory, I'm bringing my power, and you're going to see the fullness of it. You're going to walk in the light of Christ. Don't settle for what the enemy brings and tells you is second best. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as second best. It is the glory of God and his manifested presence that we seek, his face, his face. His face only But here they're thinking It was this counterfeit was good They're thinking Oh this is good Let's worship Here give him him the earrings Go ahead and Take off your jewelry Let's just throw it onto the cow Let's go ahead and all Worship this idol Let's worship this idol No Mm No We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to recognize, Father God, fill these vessels with your glory. Let us be carriers of your glory. Let us be containers of your glory. Lord God, teach us how to walk in the glory. Lord, expand our ability to be carriers of your glory more. Lord, give us a capacity, Lord God, to walk even when it's difficult, to seek your face even when we don't understand. Give us the ability to really press in, Lord God, and let our hearts be pure. Let our hearts be untainted, Lord God. That's what we need to be praying for That our hearts are not tainted by the ways of the world Let every offense fall off of you Let every place of difficulty, sorrow and heartache fall off of you For when you press into the glory of God Not everybody understands it Even though there are losses all around you The filling of God is the overwhelming filling And you'll never actually walk in loss When you see his face When you see his presence When you walk in his word When you walk in his spirit you carriers of his glory. So there's a cost, you guys. There is a cost. You know? And so you have to realize, when you said yes to Jesus, you sold out. And so with that sold out mentality, let's never forget, we're called to be separate. We're called. We're called to give God honor. This is not about feel good. and This is not about you know, all the good things and the prosperity and the blessings. Of course, we know God is a good God and he is a blesser and he wants to prosper us. Absolutely. But that's not the reason that you chose Christ. At least I hope not because that's not the right gospel. You said yes because you recognize he forgives you of your sins and he's created a place in eternity for you to dwell with him and be in the presence of God for the rest of eternity. That's the thing about hell. Hell. The thing about hell, God didn't create hell, by the way, for people. He created it for demons. He didn't create hell for people. God didn't, He didn't send anybody to hell. They chose it themselves. God didn't create hell for people. He created it for demons. But the thing about hell is that there's absolutely zero presence of God. There's absolutely zero presence of God. Like, we all feel the presence of God in this place. We all feel the presence of God when we walk out. We know God's with us. His promises are so. Could you imagine being in a place where there's zero presence of God forever? That's hell. And I know there's a whole lot more to it that, you know, demons and such and how horrible and horrific, but just void of the presence of God in and of itself, my goodness. So in closing, our lives should be his tabernacle. That's what he calls us to do, how he calls us to be his dwelling place, his holy sanctuary. And he really does, truly does. He chooses the foolish things to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. He's chosen us. Foolish and weak, he's chosen us. Isn't that wonderful? Nobody can say, I arrived. I qualified. For what? No, the only qualifications is, Lord, I can't, but you can. I have absolutely nothing to offer, but you have everything. And so I seek you. Let's all stand right now. Let's pray. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for this word today. Lord, jars of clay, but yet filled with your greatness. Jars of clay. Lord, you would choose the foolish things of this world, oh God. Oh my goodness. You choose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. Father, and we just want to be carriers of your glory, of your vessels of honor. Lord, let every person hearing the sound of my voice right now, give them the strength to be a carrier of your glory in greater measures, no matter what comes against us, Lord God, that we will keep our mindset on Christ. This is how we do it. We keep our mindset on Christ, not our abilities and not even on the yesterdays of life. Lord God, you, you, don't, you don't say, you know, God, in his word, he says that he, he doesn't change. He continues. He continues to, what he's doing in your life is beautiful. It's beautiful. Right now, Father, let them have the revelation of the carriers that they are. Vessels of your honor and your glory, which means your power. We Shekinah glory. Your divine glory. Your heavy weight of glory. That glory that's external and that glory that's internal. Two kinds of glory. Father, let us be carriers of your glory. When we walk into the room, we want the fragrance of the king to walk in with us. As a matter of fact, go before us, Father. That we would be carriers so, so great that there would be an aroma uh, that people would turn their heads and go, what was that? And you're going to say, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. What you feel, what you see, what you experience right now, that's Jesus. Let us always point to Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, if we ever, ever point to ourselves. Even unaware. Forgive us, Lord. Even unaware. We don't want to have any... We we don't want... We want to diminish. We want, Lord God, you to flourish in and through us, God. Thank you, Abba. Lord, right now, I thank you for the power of God flowing through this place. I thank you, Lord God, for the increase, Lord God, of our hearts. Oh, my goodness. You increase our heart. To be able to love like this. Father, I remember when I had one child and then I, when I had my second, I said, how can I love the second one? Because I love the first one so much? How do you go beyond 100% Lord? I remember having this conversation with him. And you know, this is the same with us towards God. The more that you love him, you go, how can you love him anymore? But yet he enlarges our ability to love him. He enlarges our heart's capacity to love him. Oh,